0: Hello and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce. I exist, and I'm Bradley. And I might exist, but I'm not your host,
1: Randy. Man, you just might exist,
2: not definitely. Just
1: might. I at this point, I don't know what I am. I mean playing like, on what is consciousness?
3: What is yeah, so true. how do I know you guys exist? Because wow. what does it
1: mean <laughs> to exist? Man? Let's get really ethereal with this. Really? <laughs> just get into the um, nitty
0: gritty maybe if we're a different podcast
1: but. <laughs> i think i will save my existential crisis for when i try to go to sleep tonight thank you very much
0: yeah yeah
1: i think <laughs> i, I want to lose sleep, sleep, to sleep like sleep. i normally do exactly <laughs> i don't want to sleep too no, well tonight i don't want to be take that away tomorrow.
0: from me <laughs> yeah man because if you rest really good one night you're gonna throw
2: exactly. it off. for the week. exactly you gotta be plagued I... by
0: existential
1: nihilism the whole week Exactly. i thrive right in that midground of not being like completely dead tired because i didn't sleep at all but also not being ultra awake from sleeping having a good night's sleep right in that midground where you're just like kind of groggy all day
2: I
3: that was like once you hit like 25 or something going out one night you have to have like a whole week to recover and i was like
2: Oh, Why I hope. No.
3: <laughs> oh, I do. I mean, <laughs> like I go. I mean, I I'll don't go to want a concert to or be my life, though. No, I go to like a concert or something, and then for the next week, I'm like, "Yeah, you want me to go out past eight o'clock? Yeah, no, I'm asleep.
1: True or not, I don't want that to be the case. Like, <laughs> I, like mean. I'm gonna push against that as hard as possible. I don't. That ain't me, please. I'm am... got things to do.
0: Yeah, the way that I pretty much conduct my ski. Sleep schedule at this point is that I get like four or five hours of sleep throughout the week, and then I stay up till like four AM on the weekends and get like the same amount of sleep. And I just feel t- tired and horrible during all of it, and it's a great time. Huh. Like, and then you just think throughout the week, this weekend I'm gonna catch up on my sleep. It's gonna be
1: glorious, and then you don't. Yeah, it's, you regret yeah. it, but that's just the way that it is.
0: That's just, that's just the way that being an adult is, man. Being an
1: adult, going being in school, being uh, working, having kids, if you
0: have those, (laughs) making degenerate. (laughs) But anyway, enough about being an adult. I wanted to take us back to when I was a kid, and one of my fondest childhood memories for the monster (laughs) that we'd be covering this week. Uh, I wanted to take us to a game that was eventually became one of my favorite games. But when I first played it, little (laughs) old me, it scared the bejesus out of me, man. Yeah. It was so scary to me. Like my friend was like, hey,
2: man, you
0: want to play Bioshock? And I was like, what's that? And man, I was not prepared at all. I mean, there, there is no way that
1: anybody could be prepared for their first foyer into the Bioshock world.
0: Yeah, it is it's, it's an experience for sure. Like just, just the intense transformative. And, yeah, just like the intense and overbearing atmosphere that that game has is just like, mm-hmm. like no other game really that I've been able to play. A couple have come close, but That's maybe true. the best.
1: True. Yeah, that being said, clearly they weren't quite as good because, although some have come close, I can't name any of them off the top of my head. I can't name any games that, like, really came too close to, like, the first, like, the one of the most memorable games of my childhood, like, that I can name off the top of my head would be this, and there's not many that are up in that list right now, Off right now, anyway.
3: We played such different games as kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's man. sitting there going, yo, Mario Party was transformative, changed <laughs> oh, my life when I was a my, kid.
3: My favorite game when I was a kid was Crash Nitro Kart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bro it's yeah. like best man i wasn't I transformative no but <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could have a transformative game experience when i was a kid
1: i mean transformative, i it wasn't I fun say... at the time man <laughs> yeah, I would say transformative maybe not in a good way but in that i didn't sleep for a week after the my first uh,
0: time playing bioshock so yeah just the like time when yeah. like you're going down in the bathosphere and then the like the splicer just comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. and like kills yeah. the dude in front of you and you're like bro
1: <laughs> and this started the my forever problem with sleeping at night and constantly being tired
2: yeah all because all of Bioshock.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank but, you so much
0: i mean enough about my game experience with bioshock have you guys ever played any of the BioShock? no actually i've I'm, never
1: played it yeah strangely
0: enough <laughs> As Randy was saying. oh, I love
1: Favorite game. Never played it.
0: Foundational games of your childhood. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I clearly have played it. I have played, I think, all of the first game, 90% of the second game, and then the, I've played the third game. So I've, pretty I've pretty played good. it. If not all of them, most of them. For, for sure. sure. For
2: sure. I
3: think I'm right up there with Randy where I've seen yeah. the cover for all of them.
1: There you go i mean
3: <laughs> i mean the that was an easy one definitely uh, 100 you know, yeah. percent of the covers
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that one's oh, an easy man. one to get confused though because uh, i mean i wouldn't blame you if you thought you had but haven't because the first two at least their covers are very very similar very so. similar
0: yes um the third one is quite a bit different very different because they took the series in kind of a a new direction you know
1: a different direction yes but for better or for worse Yeah,
0: your mileage may vary on that. Yeah. But as for specifically the kind of monster that we're going to be tackling today is called the Big Daddy. Now, Mm -hmm. these beings can also be referred to as Metal Daddies or Mr. Bubbles, depending on (laughs) various groups in the games. So all of these names, honestly, if you're not familiar with any of the Bioshock games or the universe, it's a little worrying. Yeah. Just Little i don't know why as i've grown older big daddy definitely has a different ring to it than when I was a kid. <laughs> definitely agree i'm not gonna lie to you when i got the
3: that you had sent us the notes i was like what kind of what, what, are you doing? <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah for I mean, me he said big daddies he was gonna do big Daddy's, and i was like oh yeah cool for bioshock he's like yeah yeah, yeah for sure and mm-hmm. then i have a friend who like is like often curious as to like the creatures we're doing and so i will mention it and they're like oh what which one is this week and i said it and they just gave me a look of like what and i was like Uh-oh. oh yeah i guess if you don't know what this is it's a really strange <laughs> creature to be podcast, talking about yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah let me describe it a little bit but <laughs> yeah.
0: but i guess to kind of clear up that confusion just so that we're all on the same page at this point yeah is that uh probably we'll start off by taking the, a description of The big daddies from one of the first game's main antagonists, this being Andrew Ryan. And he describes them as a lumbering palooka in a foul smelling dive suit. So I did have to look up the word uh, palooka. And I just mean, I think it means like lumbering fool, is basically what it means. So it's just like this big lumbering, kind of not very smart being that smells pretty bad and is in a dive suit. And there you go.
1: <laughs> what a rude
0: description uh, of he a was thing
1: a, that he created.
0: He was a bit of a rude dude. So <laughs> we'll soon learn to find out. But uh, to kind of expound upon this, uh, Big Daddies come in several different varieties, but most of them appear as exceptionally large and stocky people. Oftentimes, their like legs and arms are like s- as big as tree trunks and are like <laughs> the same size. They're very heavily built.
1: They're built different, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, if the, that term was to ever be used correctly, here's the <laughs> correct place <laughs> to use it. But uh, they also come in very heavily armored and old-fashioned atmospheric dive suits. So, you know, kind of like the, the dark brown canvas waterproof material with, like, the, the bronze or copper helmets. Yeah. Like, something oh, like a, that, just more heavily armored.
1: Looks like a fishbowl on their head, but, like, with yeah. metal. Yeah. And then like a little hole in the front or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But one notable and exceptional feature that some of them have is that the helmets can have oddly placed and a large amount of numbered vision ports. Kind of weird. You know, if you've ever seen the cover art of the game, you kind of know what I'm talking about. And uh, it can definitely be a bit off-putting especially if you want to see these things in, like, real life. Uh, For sure. Big daddies (laughs) also carry around large tools and weapons, such as rivet guns, very large drills. These drills often, like, appear as their entire hand. So, like, oftentimes their, like, left or right hand would just be a big old drill. And that would be for, like, mining rock or whatever else.
1: Sounds really useful for a city under the water. Yeah, having a drill, I
0: just on your arm could never be a problem. Yeah, (laughs) you'd never like maybe like whip around too fast and break some glass.
1: Accidentally just take out the entire wall and be like, oh no, flooding.
0: Oh man, it it's definitely like not like a you know you know your like standard power drill. It's definitely kind of more of a video gamey like (laughs) spiral drill. But it's pretty cool. I I always love kind of like that effect that they have. They can also carry, like, other kind of weapons, like RPGs or even ion cannons in some cases. get pretty wild. Um, (laughs) Big daddies also generally walk around in slow, lumbering motions. And the floor will shake with each step, and your character in games, like, screen will shake. So you definitely know when, like, a big daddy is around the corner, and it kind of makes for a very unique gameplay experience in which you just kind of know when they're coming and you're like oh man i better watch myself
1: you kind of feel like the uh people felt in jurassic park when the uh t-rex was coming around it has a very yeah. similar vibe of, like you feel the, the vibrations before you ever end up seeing him slash you hear him before you end up seeing him and you're like oh crap yeah. it, it reminds me a lot of like the, the t-rex stepping closer and closer towards you
0: yeah that that's really really close actually and it's like the whole don't move and It <laughs> to you just don't acknowledge it don't get it in its way just stand off to the side and let it do its thing yeah for sure they also will occasionally let out a low bell bellowing groan and these often sound pretty similar to a whale's so they sound very distinct as well <laughs> Um, And another thing that makes the Big Daddies pretty unique is that they're often accompanied by what is called a little sister, another pretty fun, interesting name. Mm. And (laughs) this little sister is basically just a little girl in a dress. And she might be around like five or seven, would you say?
1: Yeah, probably. Around that age.
0: And they have these bright, glowing yellow eyes so they're very creepy as well like the whole Mm -hmm. package kind of creates a very um unnerving kind of horrific atmosphere
1: yeah definitely like otherworldly clearly not like natural it's not clearly not a normal girl clearly not a normal guy in a suit like these things are like kind of look normal but like there's a little bit of uncanny valley where it's like that's not quite right these somethings they're creepy just purely based off of how there's just something off about them.
0: yeah and, and i think that's creepy enough i think that's like actually one of the greatest strengths of the bioshock series is Agreed. that a lot of it is like pretty like you can kind of rationalize it in your mind in which you're like "Oh, yeah. pretty believable i mean like a lot of it's like a stretch but it's nothing too insane or like extraordinary for the most part But, like, that all kind of lends itself to, like, its own, like, really unique and signature atmosphere. And honestly, adds to the aura of kind of horror that the games have. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Some other pretty unique things about the Big Daddies is that they're usually pretty passive to you, you know? But if you get in their way, or if you get near, like, one of the little sisters that they carry around with them, they will generally give you a very stern warm warning in the form of like menacing motions they might like rev up their drill or like <laughs> kind of like lurch at you a little you know just kind of making you making it clear that you want to stay out of their way back um, off yeah
3: wait so like like you i mean because i don't quite know all about the game yet right yeah but, for sure so you're just kind of chilling out you're like walking through the town these guys aren't gonna just straight up attack you like, um, unless you get close to them or like because like are they like yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, are they, are they actually bad guys, or are they just kind of, like, <laughs> don't mess with them?
0: Yeah, so the way it pretty much works is that, generally, if they're kind of in proper working order, I guess you could say, is that they're just doing their job, whether that be, like, fixing things or various other duties around the underwater city of Rapture, which is where the game takes place. And so they're just doing their thing, You know, and they were active like around like the citizens of the city and like the citizens were pretty intimidated by them. And it was pretty known that like these things could get aggressive and could kill people. But it was known that like if you just stayed out of their way and didn't like impede them at all, then you were pretty much fine. But there were cases in which like the big daddies could go mad in which they would just be hyper aggressive towards everything. Uh, And that would also happen if, like, uh, you were to attack them at all. Like, they definitely like unleash all hell on you, and would just do whatever they need to do to eliminate the threat, which was you if you attack them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Though I I feel like the, I mean, eventually it it may not have been the norm, but the norm was for them to be like more of the passive thing, and it was definitely a rarity for them to be like to turn into that aggressive just like rage monster that yeah. was a fluke in the design it wasn't supposed to happen and that was clearly them being like defective most
0: of them were mm-hmm. pretty like like timid most of the time anyway pretty, pretty passive yeah yeah but uh this all may seem like a little bit confusing we've kind of been making some references to the game and sort of to kind of catch us all up, and to even give us a greater understanding of the Big Daddies and what they are. I figured we just kind of go through uh, a bit of the lore and story that goes on in Bioshock. And, yeah. you know, feel free to ask uh, any questions, guys, you know, anything that might not be cool to you, especially Brad, if you <laughs> wondered about any of this. I have of questions. Yeah, with that, we'll just kind of <laughs> jump in. So... In the game Bioshock, you play as Jack, which is the lone survivor of a plane crash that crashed in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And this plane just so happened to crash near a lighthouse that was located in the middle of the ocean, so it was pretty strange. But as you enter the lighthouse, you find out that it is the secret entrance to an underwater city named Rapture. And The city was also pretty secretive as well. Cool name for a city, though. Yes. Real cool name. Yep. Just absolutely fun word. Rapture is, yeah. You know. <laughs> just brings some pretty cool images to mind. But, Definitely. Uh, and this underwater city was created by one man's dream of a place that was free from any of what he called parasites. You <laughs> love that word, man. <laughs> And this would be anyone who would be a religious or governmental body that would try to take, as he saw unjustly, but to take any amount of his vast wealth and fortune. And this, uh, he created the city to create a utopia where he said the artist would not fear the censor, where the scientist would not be bound by a petty morality, where the great would be not constrained by the small. So this man definitely had a vision in mind. I can say I definitely do not agree with it. I think yeah, maybe um we should kind of maybe be bound by at least a little bit of morality right? in a lot of things. You know, a <laughs> little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Acknowledging yeah, like, of our fellow man. You know,
1: I could see kind of the idea. I mean, which I don't think it's necessarily the idea that he had going into it. He probably had the negative outlook on this in like he was looking to try and make things go bad or like he was looking to exploit people but i could see that being like taken in not a really bad way of just like yeah like a scientist could like should be able to do things to try and help people and not get like in trouble because like oh like this like not necessarily saying that they should like be able to like just test willy-nilly on people but like scientists should be g- given some degree of freedom to like test things that people would be normally go ah eh, that's a little bit sketchy but it's like well but it could save thousands of lives so i can yeah. see the thought process except that like that leads to a whole nother path of like okay let's just go crazy and just yeah. who cares test on everybody and let's just go nuts it's like no no no, no, no that's that's not the way we want to go i'm just saying like scientists are trying to do a good thing, so I can kind of understand, but let's not take that to an extreme. But yeah
0: and I, I mean to expand more account upon like this uh this man that had this vision, which was uh his name was Andrew Ryan. And he has this whole like pretty deep and interesting like history unto himself, which is a basically a story in itself. And if you wanna look that up, it's actually very interesting. Yeah. But uh I do think that he had, like, pretty, in his eyes, good intentions with making yeah. the city. You know, he was, like, he was seeking to create a utopia, a place where people could prosper and become, like, wealthy and can acquire, like, fame and glory all into themselves. You know, like, as he said, by this sweat of your own brow, you make your own bread, yada, yada, yada. You know? <laughs> um, yada, yada, yada and i mean isn't that what makes the best
3: villain though is someone that honestly thinks they're doing the right thing even though yeah hundred percent to most people it's like nope that's evil but to like them they're like no like i swear like this is good Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is good this
0: is great man and i think that's actually what makes him one of the most interesting and complex video gaming villains that i've had or i've seen but for now, to kind of like expound more upon the war, uh, it was about the 1940s and Andrew Ryan was dissatisfied with where post-World War II United States was headed. So he decided to take matters into his own hands and build his own city. And this would he would build this city in the only place he felt it would be free of prying eyes and free of any, anyone else's influence. And he would build this city at the bottom of the atlantic ocean go figure it's
1: like a to just go i hate where the united states is going so i'm going to go build my own city is crazy enough as it is like that Mm -hmm. is such an undertaking holy cow but then also to be like and putting it at the bottom of the ocean
0: bottom of the ocean
1: (laughs) how are you going to get people there how are you going to get enough people to be able to build your city you can't build it by yourself like, i mean where, where are there's you getting money the there's a way <laughs> it's yeah it's just crazy like that's such an investment of like yes this is happening yeah it's incredible it
3: just, it how much money that guy must have had Yeah, i know right yeah. like yeah. freaking that's a trillionaire, trillionaire.
0: I, I think he was like a like an oil tycoon among yeah, other I, things and he had like probably many other businesses under his name and <laughs> such like that he was he was like obscenely wealthy and you'd have to be in order to make a freaking city at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oof. But he would take his considerable wealth that we talked about and use many shell companies and he undertook the monumental task of building rapture at the bottom of the ocean. Oof. He also then sent out invitations to what he deemed to be the best of the best in his age. And this would also be people that he would, could trust to keep the secret yeah. of rapture. And so. Over the next couple of years, he sent out invitations to many of the world's best doctors, artists, and scientists. And over time, these people that accepted his invitation just disappeared from the world. Everybody thought it was kind of weird, but it kind of was at the time of like, I think the beginning of like the the Cold War maybe, or it was still Hmm. pretty like post-World War II. So people were thinking that maybe these people either defected to... Uh, like russia or the u.s depending on which side they were and we're just like oh they're just defecting and taking up a new identity
1: mm. yeah i was gonna say that uh, my first thought was how the heck did he get all those people there without the world going hey wait a second where's everyone going what, what's oh, happening oh.
2: i mean like, but, uh... i
1: mean that makes sense If like in a post-world or poor post-war world it is like very common for people to just kind of like disappear in a change my name and become a different person in a different country and pretend like I never existed kind of way. So that makes yeah.
0: sense. Yeah, totally. And so like um I mean like a lot of people actually had like conspiracy theories at the time of yeah. where all these people went. And like one man even got it right in that he thought Andrew Ryan was at the center of this.
1: Yeah. Did he think he was also did he get it right I mean, as he was at the bottom of the ocean? Some
0: guy um, writes this
3: paper and he's like um, <laughs> This Andrew Ryan guy, with all his money, built this city underwater, and everyone's like, "Okay, yeah, what, whatever." Him out of the room. Wow, <laughs>
1: what a crazy guy this is! Well, next, year you're gonna tell me that yeah, there's, there's a, a
0: lighthouse in the middle of the sea, <laughs> and it takes you down into an underwater city. And it's I've crazy. seen it. <laughs> I mean, he does eventually like go to it, and it's kind of funny when he does.
3: Good but... for him. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, living his dream. Yeah,
0: but I mean, so he was right, but. It was a pretty unfortunate story. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, at first, Rapture was a very beautiful city and experienced a great period of, like, prosperity and entrepreneurship and in- innovation with many groundbreaking scientific advances being made. Some of these were less than ethical, of course, with kind of that comes with the ground of having a city with no rules, really.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but it seemed like a pretty good place, and, like, Andrew Ryan was pretty, pretty dang happy with it. and to even kind of focus on one of the most important and most groundbreaking of these discoveries this was the discovery of a substance called Adam, and this was discovered by the prodigal geneticist bridget tenenbaum she was a pretty pretty prevalent geneticist and she was like very very skilled but uh To kind of go into that discovery, while she was at Rapture's docks one day, she noticed that a man that previously had a crippled hand was playing catch with it. So she thought that was kind of strange. She was like, yo, you've had your hand crippled your entire life. Like, what's going on? And he told her how a sea slug that he had caught in one of their nets at, like, the fisheries, had bitten his crippled hand, causing it to be fully healed. You know, just super miraculously.
1: And he didn't make a big deal about that. He didn't, like, freaking lose his mind trying to figure out what was going on, like, take that to somebody. He was just, like, neat.
3: Right, like, you're the people that live in the city are supposed to be the best of the
0: best, like, not just, like, right? Well, you also had, like, your everyday kind of, like, working class person because somebody's got to build the city and
2: scrub the
1: toilets, you know? Probably just, like, one of the people who helped build the city slash was, like, employed there just normal dude to fill out the city and be one of like the help there but still it's i would think like living in a city strange. like that you would think that being there he would go hey guys so slug just bit my hand and now i'm healed maybe we should look into that but instead he's just like
2: mm,
0: cool <laughs> no what a world just play some catch yeah <laughs> yeah but uh after significant scientific research into this new substance or these into these sea slugs, she discovered that they produced this miraculous substance called Adam. And also, like uh, coincidentally, these sea slugs were native to only their part of the ocean. Of course, yes, of course. And so, with this newfound substance called Adam, they had the ability to stimulate the formation of potent stem cells. And these cells could differentiate into any type of cell even some unnatural and exotic varieties. And so with this substance, they were able to create almost programmable stem cells. So like genetic engineering just took off at this point. It was, yeah. I mean, you can imagine how groundbreaking this would be if you could just be like, boop,
2: seriously, beep,
0: boop, cells programmed, do anything you want it to do. Even some things you could never have dreamed of. Yeah,
1: like every disease instantly cured. And then after you do that, because that's like the first step, I feel like is cool. Now you can just fix everything. Then it's like, all right, well, let's take this to the extreme and see like how we can start modifying people's like, genetic alterations, make people faster, stronger, everything yeah. like that. Like you just you just go crazy, especially if there's no rules yeah, just and run wild with it.
0: Let's just take this baby and run and see what it can mm-hmm. do and even beyond like a lot of the physical and mental changes that they were able to do with the human body whether that be like a new type of like cosmetic surgery or just making people like you said stronger faster tougher um, they were able to refine the substance into a commercial form and this form was called the plasmid and these plasmids were designed to once injected bestow almost superhuman abilities upon their users such as telekinesis being able to produce flames from your fingertips in case you wanted to like light a cigarette or something, right? <laughs> Very realistic. Yeah. Or they could even fire bolts of lightning out of your hands. And so, like, basically, people have superpowers at this point. And so, uh, for whatever reason, Andrew Ryan did not immediately see the full ramifications <laughs> of plasmids and Adam. He was like not that super interested in to it. But another man that actually Andrew Ryan had personally invited to the city. And this was a con man. Andrew Ryan didn't know he was a con man at the time, but this you was never knew. Frank Fontaine. And he saw atoms and plasmids as an extremely lucrative business opportunity. And he funded many scientists' research into atom augmentation and plasma development. He even had his own company called uh, Fontaine Futuristics. Mm. And one of these scientists that he commissioned was Dr. Su Chong. And he was a geneticist that worked to further refine and enhance plasmids. And he also developed various forms of mental conditioning, basically brainwashing or human programming, kind of. Cool. Yep, yeah, very cool. Very ethical. And he even well, created no
2: rules.
0: Yeah. Gotta love it, man. And he even created the process of heavily augmenting a human with Adam to make them stronger and tougher so that they could consistently withstand the harsh conditions of the deep sea to provide the much-needed repairs and maintenance to Rapture. And this new kind of being, creature, monster, whatever you want to call it, is the Big Daddies that we're talking about today.
1: Which, like, that's cool. Like They, they, they were able to, like, turn... Like convert people into being these guys that could go out into the super soldiers yeah yeah. like we're able to do maintenance outside where nobody else could theoretically do it but like if nobody else could do it how did they get the city there in the first place is my question oh that's a great question out there to they survive in the deep ocean how did they build it you gotta wait
0: for bioshock the pre-sequel
2: yeah apparently
0: you don't i mean i think there is a book that kind of expounds upon that a little bit but there's what do I also, look like? Someone that reads? Yeah. But to kind of answer that question, is that people could work outside. It just was deadly as heck, man. Oh, <laughs> I cool. He's so within... just
1: throwing lives away. That, yeah. sounds, that, that uh, sounds more sounds, accurate sounds, to Andrew. It's like capitalism. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
0: <laughs> but basically, to get the city built, they they commissioned like thousands and thousands of people to do it. Jeez. And I think it was said even within like the first month of the city. Like building going under development is that more people had died than in the construction of the Panama Canal. So just people, they're just ripping through people, man. Jeez. So Again,
1: big, how did nobody realize what was going on in the world and with thousands of people just disappearing? Like, thousands of construction workers are just like, I'm gonna go do a job, honey, see you in a month, and then he's just gone. It's yeah. crazy.
0: I mean, money can move mountains. That's true. Know. And I, I imagine people were pretty preoccupied at this time as well, but definitely it is kind of amazing together. Yeah. Um, but as these plasmids that they produce grew in popularity and the de- demand for Adam grew exponentially, new methods were developed for farming Adam, as like in order to meet the needs of the people. And yeah. It was discovered that if one of these sea slugs was implanted into a young girl's dig- digestive tract, it would alter them so that the little girl would produce exponentially more atom than the sea slugs alone. Oh my and gosh. these altered girls would be called the little sisters. So yeah, this is already taking an extremely dark turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is kind of the reason why we should ask, should we do this? Not, right, exactly. We do this? <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's sort of like in a perfect world, theoretically, no rules on science isn't a terrible idea. But yes, of course, it's a terrible idea because then you end up where people just go crazy and do things like this, and it's terrible. It's like ah, that no, 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 regulation, please. <laughs> this is bad. Oh man. So as a, as we're we're talking about this, this is
3: kind of reminding me a little bit, not like a hundred percent, but a little bit of the. Um, what was that show called? The League of Legends show, uh, Arcane. Oh, like that. Uh, whatever that was. That was the, uh, Shimmer. Oh, Shimmer. What?
2: The Shimmer. Shimmer? Glimmer? Yeah, yeah, Glimmer. yeah.
1: Shimmer. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. uh It's actually kind of a, like surprisingly like that. Though I would say like, yeah, this is different in just the fact that like it's more of being able to give you like superpowers like really really like well, extreme actually, like, exactly like actually like, body, like, like, like like visible different like, things yeah. rather than just like oh yeah, yeah like people who use shimmer and arcane they were just like it was like a super drug that like pumped you up for a bit and then like went back to normal human versus this is like it doesn't really like soup you up a whole ton when you do it but like it gives you yeah. the possibility of giving all kinds of abilities it's like it's a blank slate that can be programmed to do all kinds of things versus just a superhuman drug. I guess yeah. I yeah.
2: But
0: it's interesting that we kind of like mentioned like uh, in Arcane, they had the drug and basically in Bioshock, Adam functions in a similar way yeah. that like plasmids and Adam as a whole had some pretty nasty side effects, like especially if he overused them. One of the biggest, one of these was that Adam was highly addictive like a drug in order order for the user to keep their new stem cells stable so that they could be healthy and sane they had to consume more and more atom and as they consumed more atom it further spread the spreading stem cell growth and these growths were almost like a benign cancer and this in turn kind of created a vicious cycle of ever-escalating and unsustainable plasmid and atom usage in which people would, you know, they take more atoms, so then they have to take more atoms, so then they have to take more atom. And so this is kind of where the city as a whole was running into atom shortages in which you weren't able to fulfill that need and that craving anymore to keep yourself healthy and sane. And so people who've fell victim to this vicious cycle Uh, were dubbed splicers and they kind of became these insane deranged mutated deformed uh, people that are barely human and this was due to atom overuse and withdrawal so the city was kind of starting to run into some problems at this point
1: starting to rip itself apart from
0: rampant drug use basically yeah and I mean, if if this all wasn't bad enough, like the ra- ravenous drug problem, a divide was beginning to get beginning to form between the upper and lower economic classes in Rapture. What?
3: Yeah, what the <laughs> You yeah.
0: wouldn't say because <laughs> I mean, go figure. Like Rapture was made to be a completely free market in Andrew Ryan's eyes, and this was the most like blatant and direct free market you could ever make yeah. like even fire and police departments were privatized and subscription-based <laughs> subscription like this is <laughs> like this is the worst hell that you could ever think of man of like just the worst capitalistic
1: element. oh man could you imagine me like oh no my house is on fire somebody help
2: Ooh, Ooh
0: you didn't
1: play your i'd subscription. love to but i just yeah. can't till you pay up you know that's rough Hope your kids aren't in there. Do
0: you What's want to go with the $59.99 just water basic plan? Or if you go to $100 a month, we can hook you up with the fire smothering foam. Oh,
3: dude. First you thing got you have to get his. <laughs> yeah, because you have to get the oxygen bill first.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll just yeah. blow on the fire really hard and hope that that puts it out. Oh, or I to just be able, able to up. breathe. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant oh. like first introduction of the fire plan is just like well we'll just blow on it like a candle and hope it goes out oh your fa- house is like an entire like it's fully in flames yeah that won't do it sorry we're gonna have to up that up to uh at least water
0: yeah but i mean that's kind of brings up an interesting point is in like a underwater city like rapture you probably did have an air bell yeah it probably did <laughs> which is yeah. just terrible more bells man <laughs> but and of course like Andrew Ryan's dream city can't have any of those nasty parasitic systems like Terrible. charities or labor unions Ugh. or help for the poor, or any of that nasty stuff.
1: Gross. Man. Unionizing, <laughs> protecting the, the common worker. Gross.
0: Absolutely
3: not. Despicable.
1: That's just mine them for, for
0: all of uh, their words,
1: work but... and just throw them out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And so as you can imagine, this created system where much of the working class were hungry, broke, and living in squalor. And yeah. I mean, amongst all this disconnect, uh, that con man that we mentioned earlier, Frank Fontaine, again, saw an opportunity to boost his public image and power. And he created like these uh, kind of houses for the poor and such.
2: So well, you might think, be he...
0: thinking he's a pretty good guy at this point, but just hold on. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> I mean he's going against the dream. How could he? He's, yeah, he's making houses for people. That's just ridiculous. They gotta uh, build that house themselves. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh you can imagine that Andrew Ryan uh did not like this at all. And at this point people were kind of starting to undermine his rule and were pretty pretty much starting to become very discontent with uh the city as a whole and like how he was running things. About i mean and ryan then began to become paranoid of these people and like particularly people such as frank fontaine and he was also believing at this time that the working class were abusing rapture's freedoms and becoming <laughs> the parasites he so des- detested and in a fit of paranoia he just goes i don't i don't know if this is quite nuclear but it's very very drastic and he and acts one of Rapture's only laws, and this is decreeing that Rapture and its people would be entirely cut off from the outside world. Nobody's going in or out, and I believe that you're not also getting any shipments of like commerce in or out as well. So, like, at this point, the city would be completely like self-sustaining. Yeah. Should so be. I think they well, the...
2: be.
3: albeit you know, the working class might be revolting, so there's no working. Yeah. But...
0: But yeah, uh, like they had, um, they had like entire like tree farms down there so that they could provide themselves with air. They had like farmers markets and stuff, and like orchards, and like even beekeeperies to, um, uh, like provide food and all that. So I think for the most part, they were very self sustained. Uh, the problem was, is that while you, you did have basically everything you would need, I guess if you were rich, yeah, um. People, especially like the wealthy, did desire things still from the outside world. And so this kind of brought an increased demand of black market goods to be smuggled in. And as Frank Fontaine was uh, kind of at the head of like these rings of black markets and smuggling groups, he grew in power and popularity once again. And his popularity was almost to the extent that it rivaled Andrew Ryan's
1: man this freaking andrew ryan cannot cut a break everything he does to try and like get some control over the city again just makes frank more and more attractive just like yo this guy knows what's up this guy is helping out every single thing he's like frank is one step ahead every step
0: yeah i i mean like andrew ryan is not a politician i don't think yeah. you know he's like he's run some businesses you know and so i don't think he's the also, the most charismatic individual, whereas Frank, right. being a con man, was pretty charismatic, and he kind of knew how to mold people and to his wishes and get them under his uh under his belt. Yeah. Um, and so Andrew Ryan was again starting to become just more and more paranoid and more and more kind of unsettled by what he saw as people trying to undermine his rule, and they were. And so he started a campaign to forcefully remove those that he saw as a threat to his power and position. And he would either like throw these people in jail or he'd sometimes just outright like lead um, like sting operations against them to sometimes kill them. Cause that's <laughs> how you gain popularity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you just crush everybody else that opposes you, then you'll be the most popular person there is. Also, else can you.
1: also, that kind of feels like that's kind of going away. Like off away from his like ideal plan.
2: What? This is supposed to
1: be like a free market, free world Hypocrisy. of just no rules, and what everyone. Do you mean?
3: It's only free if he's making the money.
2: But that's as, yeah, as, that's the thing. As soon as, like...
3: as soon as he feels any kind of you know yeah negative thing towards him, then it's no longer
0: a fair system because it's only fair if he's getting
1: clearly. It. Yeah,
0: only fair if he's on top.
1: Clearly, this wasn't really his passion he uh doesn't really believe in this system because i feel like if he really believed in the system and thought that it was actually correct then like even if he failed even if he was like getting torn down from his throne he'd be like you know what it's the system working the system is doing what it has to even if i lose win or lose by the system i will live by it but But uh, he does not want to
0: yeah i definitely think rapture was not about freedom as much as it was yeah. about control you
1: know? Yeah, probably right so i
0: mean and even further proof of this is that he conducted a violent raid against <laughs> frank fontaine's business what? and this resulted in many deaths and it was very bloody and it was even thought that frank died as well and go figure in the aftermath of like uh Frank Fontaine not having any of these companies under his control anymore, Andrew Ryan took them and assimilated them and basically nationalized them. And everybody in the city was furious at this as they saw this as a direct betrayal of the beliefs that he so fervently touted.
1: No, but... nationalized plasmids. That's what an outcry. What a Yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> I mean it definitely was a direct betrayal of his beliefs and ideas, but
1: nationalized fire control nah
0: can't be bothered but but these businesses nah, heroin. <laughs> that i can get behind yeah and so it was at this time that like andrew ryan was kind of spearheading like all of the plasmid and adam research at this point and so Finally. he continued to just go even harder at it and during this time the demand for adam grew so desperate that dr su chong proposed the protector plan and this was a plan for the little sisters to harvest adam from the dead splicers that now littered rapture like just these dead corpses and the only problem with this plan was that even though the little sisters were more resilient to damage they were not any stronger than your average little girl so they could easily be overpowered by these like insane splicers that were looking to harvest the little girls Adam them for themselves, so this posed a pretty big issue. But very conveniently, we have the big Big Daddy program as well, which has these like hunking, hulking, uh, very intimidating behemoths walking around the city doing maintenance. So then you can basically repurpose these guys as protectors as well. And so he created a way to emotionally bond. Uh, These big daddies and little sisters, so that they could serve as their guardians and protectors. And this, uh, these like big daddies and little sisters going around the city, also provided a valuable form of control for Andrew Ryan. With Mm -hmm. him often Mm -hmm. warning of their approach and comparing them to knights in shining armor, and they -hmm. would fight off the parasites. Good for them! (laughs) I bet everybody was very excited to see these guys walking around, just harvesting corpses. Yeah, yeah. Rapture's just doing great at this point.
2: Yeah.
1: Sounds like a utopia I want to be a part of. Yeah. yeah. Man.
0: I mean you can Men shoot in...
1: lightning from your hands, but yeah. everything else is terrible. But as a giant freaking monster that's gonna follow this demon girl around and gonna harvest the dead for their uh life essence. And if you get too close to them, then they might just kill you. Yeah, so right. That's a great right place <laughs> like to live. Them.
3: Like, just the little girls, like, going through the pockets, like, all right, where's this,
0: Adam? Where, (laughs) like, (laughs) little baggies.
1: Yeah, give it to me. Um,
0: (laughs) It's so so messed up, though, because the way that they, like, harvested Adam, as you Mm -hmm. can see it in the game, is that, like, they would stick, like, this giant, like, syringe needle, and then they'd, like, pull it out of them. And it was just so, like, dystopian, man.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, like, the worst part to me uh like it's so messed up they have like the little tool that they have like you said it's a giant needle that they stick into the person and like pull out the essence and then the bottom of the uh syringe needle is just like a baby bottle and so they they just oh, drink yeah. the stuff that they just like like sucked out of the person and then they drink it and then that's like they then in the inside of them convert it into full atom yeah. it just like
0: recycles it's just it like, but man that's uh-huh. so
1: messed up bro. It's, like, it's a giant needle with a baby oh, bottle on the bottom of it and it's like oh come on that's awful bro oh, So bad.
0: but man so rapture is doing very poorly at this point <laughs> and andrew ryan's popularity was just sinking through the floor <laughs> funny enough though is that we might have thought that frank fontaine died a while ago he actually faked his death and assumed uh, a new identity as a working-class Irishman that, again, kind of provided for the poor and, like, rallied a lot of popularity. He was, like, the working-class man. You know, he was, like, uh, campaigning for them, and he was going to bring, like, better conditions to them. And uh, this man, his new alias was Atlas. And Atlas eventually rallied the working-class to rise up in rebellion against Andrew Ryan and these two groups soon erupted into an all-out civil war. But the weapon of choice for this war would be the plasmid. So this essentially created a genetic genetic arms race between the two sides in which they were just uh, producing atom and plasmids as fast as they could and working as hard as they could to improve those so that they could best each other's side. Mm. And this... uh, like civil war basically exploded rapture splicer problem where most of the population were splicers in which they were these like uh adam craved lunatics looking for any hit of adam that they could and they're just completely insane so at this time it's just madness on the streets of rapture and due to the increasing danger on the streets uh, more powerful and heavily armed kind of elite versions of big daddies were developed to protect these little sisters during their duties. Jeez. But this whole conflict, even though Atlas had like the support of the people, uh, Andrew Ryan eventually came out on top. And this was when under his uh, command, Dr. Su Chong developed a special pheromone for Andrian to use that allowed him to control all of the splicers in Rapture, essentially giving him the ability to have com- complete control over most of the citizens of Rapture. And so his paradise is now, I think, just completely falling apart. <laughs> it's just a total failure if it wasn't already. Yeah, he's now
1: king of, like, the ash pile. Yeah. And congratulations, you're now, like ruler under the sea but like everybody's dead or crazy so
0: yeah i mean like a lot of the city had fallen into disrepair and you just had Mm -hmm. these like crazed like drugged out lunatics going everywhere murdering everybody just terrible crazy but so this is kind of really the origin story for big daddies and you know this to kind of go into more of how they were created and what they do is that these humans turned Hulking behemoths through genetic engineering and atom augmentation were created to exist in the mining of Rapture and the maintenance of Rapture? This was them using like their rivet guns to seal leaks, and they used their massive drills to drill into the sea floor to continue the city's expansion. But as the more pressing need of Rapture was adam they were then repurposed into safeguarding and protecting little sisters from their would-be attackers yeah. so it's kind of interesting that we have these like maintenance workers turned uh protector and for the most part their weaponry didn't really change you know <laughs> So they still had these drills and these rivet guns and they just used that to to kill people i guess they were so big and so hulking and so massive that they really didn't need anything else you know they were I think you would be pretty hard-pressed to find, like, a dead Big Daddy that died from, like, splicers that just ganged up on it and killed it. And I think you do see that at various points in the game, but it would have to be at, like, significant costs on the splicers' end. Mm-hmm. And they would take so many of them to take down a Big Daddy.
3: Oof. I mean, just looking at what they look like. And, uh, like, maybe, maybe, I guess, if I'm on, like, drugs... <laughs> but like at no point would I ever feel confident enough to take on one of those things, even if I had like you guys and like the lightning Rock. hands. Like, I'm I'm good.
1: Yeah, I mean, but what about add add some lightning hands in there? All of us you hopped up
2: with eat, lightning.
1: If I had lightning
3: I hands, <laughs> like but how just... how how good are these things? Like like uh like like Darth Sidious lightning hands or like. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok sparkly fingers.
0: Somewhere, between. somewhere in between, you yeah. know, like it hurt a lot. If you're standing in a puddle of water, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> probably <laughs> it hurt a lot. Regardless. But, um, it'd probably just stun you But At least that's what it does in the game. But you also got to remember that these splicers, they really need a hit of Adam, man. And those little mm-hmm. girls are just the mother load. So that's, uh, it's kind of how it was. Um, but you may be also asking yourself at this point. So these big guys are pretty obviously very far like away from a human being, and so who would become this like horrible abomination that can't even talk? And ah, thanks. All they do all day is they go around fixing the city and killing splicers that try and harm the little girl. Like who would do this?
2: <laughs> what a but, job.
0: I mean, our man, Andrew Ryan, had a solution to this. Uh, even though, like, uh, Dr. Chong made it apparent that this transformation to become a big daddy would be a one-way street, uh, he assured him that finding candidates would not be a problem. And most of these people that became big daddies were political dissidents or exiled criminals or even the criminally insane people that Andrew Ryan saw as of no use to him in his city. So he saw it as a win-win.
2: Really? Yeah. Somebody He's
0: opposes either... his rule, and you just so make him with big like, daddy.
3: Just like brainwashed them, like completely changed everything about their, like, them. hmm You no. know what? I mean, I'm not surprised. Sorry. I don't know why. But...
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm like, really? He would do that? That sounds right up his alley.
0: Yeah, and it's just like... He would he would take these people and just make them into basically mindless drones and servants for him. It was it was pretty awful, but I mean, with a steady supply of subjects from the city's prison, uh, the program began and they started to produce the f- first models of Big Daddies, and they dubbed these the Alpha series. And to make a Big Daddy, the candidates would undergo intense physical changes through atom augmentation their bones and muscle structure would be altered to create a heavier and mo- more robust body frame that was also extremely strong and durable. But this also came at the cost of their unsettling appearance. A lot of them would be pretty deformed after this. And even some versions of the Big Daddy had their head protruding forward out of the top of their chest. So, like, their spine is just all jacked up, man. The worst.
1: Holy to the max. Yeah. it's the Um, worst case of scoliosis ever yeah
0: they also had several modifications to their internal organs and these were made so that they could also be more robust and they could also be more have more endurance but it also possibly made it so that they did not require eating or drinking and possibly even less air you know it's kind of making more efficient at their jobs wild You may also be wondering uh, how this process was kind of really defined as a one way street like what made it that way and this was the fact that their skin and organs were also directly grafted into their atmospheric dive suits to become one functional unit. So big daddies cannot take off their suits if they took off their helmet it would either rip off like the skin off their face or just rip off their whole head so. You're, okay, so like, you're stuck in there. I, I have
3: to shower like at least like once a day, yeah, because <laughs> I would feel disgusting. I yeah. cannot imagine, <laughs> I, well, I, he, I, I can't begin to imagine what that would be. Do you
1: remember like. at the beginning of the thing, he called them he not called them, not stinky. Only called them idiots, but he <laughs> no, called them stinky. I know, he called them gross. Like,
3: it's not just stinky, like, I wouldn't use the word stinky, like, that's I like, mean. <laughs> I would just that, like, you, you would get like moldy and you would get like it would, be,
0: it would be foul, yeah. But I, I mean, ugh. if you think about it, you're going out into the bottom of the ocean, just trudging around in the sea, so that's kind of like a bath,
1: <laughs> yeah. You just open <laughs> no, up the window into
0: to your dive suit, let the water flow in, right? 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 Well, you, you don't go. want to open up the window, you're gonna rip off like your cheek <laughs> or something, man. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that. <laughs>
2: yeah Yeah, all all you gotta do
1: is just open the window once it'll rip it off it'll hurt but then after that then it's a constant uh uh, free-flowing door that's terrible man
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i mean if this all wasn't bad enough like even their voice box was removed and replaced with a modified one um i couldn't find any like really direct reasoning for why they did yeah seriously like why they they made it so that they can only make like these unintelligible like moans and groans, but I think it was really so that like the people, if they even could pass the brainwashing like communicate to anybody, they just made it impossible for them to do that, you know. So they couldn't oh. like bring against accusations against like Andrew Ryan or anything else. Or
3: so it's not like the because like, sorry we got to reference at least one time a podcast. So I was thinking like Star Wars, you know how like the <laughs> like more like the higher tier. Stormtroopers have like the gurgling, like robotic voices that let them communicate with one another. It could be like a a voice box or voice thing. modulator. Only like like talk to like their themselves and like higher ups.
0: Yeah, they they couldn't talk to anybody. That's sad. The, I mean, you don't really need to talk to somebody. You can basically mind control, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. Know, if,
3: on to the little girl and him like I mean
1: you don't really need to communicate with the little girl like they didn't yeah. need to talk to each other he just like... his job was to follow her around and keep her safe and her job was to follow to hunt down corpses and harvest them so like the plan yeah, exactly. the the strategy is not too yeah. complex there you just follow the little girl and she follows the dead be- people so when I'm,
2: when I'm
3: working I'm if I don't get hello to people I'm
0: I'm sad.
1: Well, guess what? I'm pretty sure these guys oh, are not very sad.
0: sad. <laughs> they can even feel emotions, yeah. I don't
1: think communication is their, like, their, and their sense of loneliness is their biggest problem. I think they got way bigger things problems than that.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I mean, it's the little sisters mostly kind of spouted nonsense anyway. Like, yeah. you know, okay. There's a certain part in the game which you, you're able to kind of, like, see through their eyes and they just see, like, this idealistic, like, Basically, they see like your stereotypical like heaven, and they call like the dead bodies like angels. You know, yeah. So oh, they're so just they're, totally they're, they're detached crazy. from reality.
2: Yeah, yeah. The yeah, little
1: basically. girls are very crazy. Like they're 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 a little child that is like just completely checked out of reality, and it's like they're seeing reality through what a little kid wants reality to be. So. Yeah.
0: Again, yeah. pretty dark. Pretty dark. Yeah. Um so they these big daddies like we've been saying also underwent intense mental like plasma therapy and were also placed in large vats of unknown liquid to reduce them to mindless servants you know so they had no i doubt they hadn't like any sense of self or like really any Mm -hmm. desires of their own their only desire was like executing the commands that they were given and but the Protector program in the Big Daddies was not without its challenges. And one of these challenges that they needed to kind of surmount was they need to ensure that the Big Daddy would protect its assigned little sister at all costs, as that was pretty much their prime directive. So the uh, Alpha series that they were working on uh, were engineered to have a conditional bond that would mimic the emotional bond between a father and its daughter. This is kind of where they got their name, Big Daddies and Little Sisters, from. And this bond was so intense that if the Big Daddy was any significant distance away from its bonded little sister, it would experience intense, adverse physical and mental effects, such as slipping into a coma. So they had to work like their lives depended on it, because it did. (laughs) And with this, the first Big Daddies were produced and put to work. And it's kind of interesting is that the first su- successful candidate for this program was a man called Johnny Topside, and he nice. was called this because he was a diver who had found and entered Rapture completely by accident. Like it's it's kind of weird in the story is that he was just like, I guess he was just diving out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I was like, yo, that's a city as there. you do. There you go. I'm gonna go in there and well, get turned that's... into this monster. <laughs> I mean, like obviously for story reasons, but like, what are the odds? Yeah, no kidding, man. Like, this is this totally like unsignificant part of the and ocean, then,
3: and then he becomes brainwashed and forced into a life of servitude. That sucks.
0: Yeah, it sucks big for him. I think,
3: yeah, and that's why I avoid the ocean. Yeah. I don't want to run exactly. Areas.
2: That's it. Specifically, I'm not running Atlantis. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Atlantis <it> sucks, bro. <laughs> Let <laughs> me leave. Um, so, but. The uh, Protector program also kind of hit a couple other bumps along the road and one of those was actually that the intense connection that they initially gave the big daddies was basically a double-edged sword uh, you can imagine if little sister was killed or lost in any way that the big daddy would be rendered useless at this point it would basically die or in other situations it would become suicidally aggressive and this made the Big Daddy program in the Alpha series as a whole very impractical at this point. But again comes along Dr. Chong, our man, and he sought to create an improved genetic bond. But after much frustration, he was unable to find a solution as his Big Daddies just ignored the little girls. And it was pretty, pretty much a failure at this point. But Riff. as we know, big daddies are pretty used in the in the game when we when we play the first game. So, yeah. interestingly enough, the solution to Doctor soochong's problem came in the form of the interdimensional traveler Elizabeth Comstock. So, <laughs> I might have lost you there for a minute, You're and I wouldn't blame lost. you. In the third game, this uh, the lore of the series kind of gets a little bit wacky with like dimensional and time travel and it can be very hard to follow and the timeline gets very complex but this is probably all we're going to be really dealing with that is just like in one of the DLCs for the third game your playable character comes back and provides a solution and the solution is that she Saw two little sisters that were intrigued and distressed by a big daddy that was dying in Su Chong's lab, and your character helped them to realize that they could save the big daddy if they injected some of their atom into it, and this caused the big daddy to bond with the little sisters, and thus the program was successful. And the little sisters. Hold on, hold on. Yes. Hang
3: on. uh, Time. Whoa. So yeah. your, your your character that you play with
0: helps in the in them, the, so a DLC of the third game. Oh. Yes. So in the DLC of the third you're a bad game, because you help the
2: maybe maybe this is this
3: is this. Sorry, we can we can move on. I'll
0: just have no, to play the games. No, now okay. I'm. I can briefly touch on it. Is uh, you're a good person. Trying yeah. to be a good person, anyway. Yes, you're trying to be a good person. Um, and, uh, Elizabeth is like, she originally is a companion character in the third game. Mm -hmm. And she has like the power to open dimensional, like portals and rifts and tears and like go into them and pull things out of them. And in one of the DLCs or downloadable contents for this game that expands upon the story, you play as her and you go back to Rapture and you kind of, uh, poke around during like the civil war. And during the development of these big daddies. And so it's kind of an interesting thing that you help to uh, create them. But it does get very confusing. I do not blame you.
1: Because she's not only opening up portals in space. But also like she can go back in in time time. as well. So she accidentally goes back in time to when Rapture was kind of first beginning. Not really first beginning. But like when things were still happening in Rapture. And she ends up helping them develop technology that... We already know existed, but we just didn't know where it came from, and now come to find out, it's because she kind of shows up in the middle of it, helps them, and then disappears. Yes, exactly.
3: Total sense. I understand it completely.
0: Yeah, but ironically enough, like after these uh, little sisters figured out how to like complete their bond with the big daddy, they then go and try and tell Doctor Su Chang, but he was uh, pretty pissed off with his work (laughs) at the time, and he was pretty deep in it. And he failed to see that the Big Daddy had bonded with them. And so he was getting irritated with these little girls and he smacked one of them away. <laughs> and the Big Daddy did not like this at all. <laughs> yep. It was enraged by this attack upon them and then impaled Suchong with its drill, killing him.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So Karma. Kind of, a, kind of an ironic end for him as he's killed by his own creation just so karma uh, big daddies were a pretty pretty important pivotal piece in rapture you know they fulfilled an important role to them and that's how that kind of came to be as wacky and wild as that may be (laughs) so also to just kind of touch upon some of the different types that we see of big daddies because it is pretty cool to see the design differences and like how that translates to the different gameplay of fighting these because in the games basically big daddies are your source for adam or you have to get through them to get to the little sister so that you can gain adam so you can upgrade yourself become more powerful and progress through right. the story and so uh, one of the types that you may find in the second game and that you even play as in the second game is of course, the Alpha series. And these were the first iteration of Big Daddies, and they featured a humanoid appearance with the traditional, uh, though heavily armored, dive suit. And this featured a helmet with a single viewing point. So they pretty much look like your typical, like, uh, old-fashioned dive suit guy, just a bit bigger, a bit bulkier, a bit more armored. Um, Though it was, uh, this version was unique in that they could remove their helmet and I imagine it still wasn't pretty what was underneath the helmet. But I hmm. guess at this point, they had not decided to bond them to their suits. I imagine it became more efficient to do that in the future. And perhaps yeah, maybe exerted greater control over them as well. Um, but these, uh, this model of Big Daddies did have some like glitches and issues in their uh, mental conditioning. And that some of them survived after their little sisters had died, and that would cause them to like go insane, and then they'd basically become splicers at this point, wielding like plasmids and guns to attack anything. Pretty formidable. Um, and then if you've seen the uh, the cover art for the first game, you're probably pretty familiar with the second type that we're going to talk about, which is the bouncer. And these are clad in very distinct heavy dive suits that have almost an extremely hunched-over appearance. And this is because their head is protruding, protruding from the top front of their chest. Um, the yeah. interesting thing that makes these... Uh, I think this is like the first uh type of big daddy that you fight in the first game. And it's a pretty interesting fight because the way that it attacks you is that it'll charge at you and try and like slash you or impale you with its drill and so this actually makes for a pretty challenging and intense fight you know because you kind of have to be like constantly moving around otherwise it'll hit you and like disorient you and it can be very challenging at first actually
1: very annoying fight very scary very
0: (laughs) annoying um the next type that we're gonna talk about is the Rosie and the Rosie almost seems to be a newer updated version of the Alpha series and they feature a similar design suit, though they uh, feature a high-gauge uh, metal carapace. So they're just more heavily armored, basically just upgraded. And this version wielded large, powerful rivet guns that could decimate foes at range, or they could just smack the absolute crap out of you if you got them.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, they also Did had...
1: I was going to say, isn't uh, in the first game, I think it's the first game, that you kind of like disguise yourself as a Rosie uh, for a little bit to be able to get through a section? I um, think it's the Rosie variety. It, if I, I, I do, could be misremembering.
0: I believe it's the Alpha series. Oh, is it the, the Alpha? Okay. Yes. But it, I mean, like, I, the I, they're, very, like, they're very, very similar. So I was yeah. thinking it was, but... But you do do that in the first game in order yeah. to get into like a... Uh, closed off section of the game so that you can basically fight the final boss. right. So that is kind of interesting and that's kind of how also how we see a lot of the process that it takes to become a big daddy,
2: which is very right. fascinating. though very the very-
0: next uh type of big da- big daddy that we'll look at is called the Rumbler. and these ones are basically more built, I think for the like combat and protection duty. And that they were much more adept at that. They didn't use like the maintenance tools like the drill or the rivet gun anymore. They instead had a large shoulder-mounted RPG.
2: <laughs>
0: and again, super safe underwater with the uh, glass. Yes, stuff, just make sure you don't hit a like one of the glass walls. Or hopefully, yeah, for sure, blast resistant. Please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. the thing is, is these guys are in diving suits and they're oh, yeah, they'd be pretty fine. dense, so they'd be fine. So it could actually be a strategy for them to just blast the window and then just everybody dies and they're just fine. Oh, I don't
0: think the little sister would be fine, but... Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: that's a good point. I mean, I'm I'm assuming, like, this is their, like, worst case scenario. Yeah. They don't have a little sister anymore. They could just freaking go nuclear and just start caving the building around them and kill everyone.
0: Yeah, I guess if they, they really wanted to do that. But uh, these guys also had lighter armor. This was to facilitate quicker movement. And this big daddy was also able to deploy mini turrets and was very adept at using open spaces and terrain to its advantage. And they would overwhelm unsuspecting foes. So these guys are pretty hard to fight, actually. And They can definitely do a number on you.
1: It's kind of interesting. This is like where they start to... Where you can see the big daddy's starting to change from a recycled like worker who like this guy used to just be outside working. And now they're like, ah, we can use them inside as protectors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, this guy was built to be a protector. Like he's got a freaking RPG attached to him. He's got mini <laughs> yeah. guns. He's got freaking mini turrets attached to him that he can deploy. Like yeah, this guy he, was he, never meant for maintenance.
0: Yeah. What do you mean? You don't do maintenance with an RPG. <laughs> Come on.
1: I don't yeah. want to see the kind of maintenance he's doing that is using RPGs and mini turrets for.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this was this guy was probably made when like the streets of rapture were in like the height yeah. of like, the civil war in which uh-huh. splicers were just everywhere and everybody was trying to get every scrap of item they could and so they had to deploy these more kind of combat Definitely. adept varieties. Um and then the last type of big daddy that we'll be talking about you see in the DLC for the second game and these ones are pretty, pretty awesome. I really like the design for these guys. Mm-hmm. And they're called the Lancer. And they are by far the most advanced looking of the Big Daddy models. They feature a taller, slimmer build and an advanced armor looking dive suit as well. So they almost look like pretty high tech. Whereas yeah, other ones look pretty. I don't know if grungy is the right word, but just very, <laughs> like, get your hands dirty, you know, like, you got the the standard issue equipment. These guys are, like, the elite, super elite really? versions. They also wield a powerful ion laser that is able to emit beams of concentrated energy that would blind and devastate foes. Uh, this type of Big Daddy, though, was never fully deployed, as soon after their creation, they were sealed in Minerva's den which was Rapture's technology center. Rip. But, yeah, they, they Could never, have been so cool. Man, they would have just wrecked everything. They would
1: have, they would have ripped the city apart. It would
0: have yeah. been brutal. I can only imagine, man. Mm-hmm. But um I I know we're kind of getting pretty close to the end here, but just as kind of on a closing note, uh if you're curious more about Big Daddy's, an interesting topic, that you can look up is if you look up concept art of Bioshock is that they had a lot of different ideas and renditions for Mm. what big daddies could be in the game. And it's extremely fascinating to just go through that and look at it because some of them have like, are almost like weird robotic like centaurs. (laughs) Or or sometimes they had like, uh, like mutated like parasites bursting out of their helmet.
2: Like,
0: wow. so i wonder what kind of like the implications were with that and there's even one type of big daddy that uh doesn't look or looks like it has its like legs cut off and then it has a minigun in a wheelchair it's very streaky i can only imagine the bioshock we would have gotten if that would have That's, been the big daddy
1: is that actually that big daddy kind of reminds me this is a uh, kind of a niche reference or weird reference anyway um, but that kind of reminds me of the guys in Bloodborne that, like, are yeah. the old men sitting in a wheelchair with a minigun. They, they just, like, slowly oh, they slowly turn around towards you, and then they just start unloading with a minigun.
0: It's hilarious. The most unsuspecting of folks. It's
1: man. so funny. It's really so funny. Un- unsettling and, like, really catches you off guard the first time you see it. But very yeah. weird sight to see.
0: But... I mean, I think this is pretty much all that we have for you on Big Daddies. I know we kind of went a little bit in an exhaustive detail. I know we couldn't it, co- cover everything, as we, of course, just try and do like pretty surface-level approach. But sometimes we dive a bit deeper just to see what's there. But there's
1: also a lot to freaking to Bioshock and a lot of backstory yeah. to be able to understand what the heck is going on.
0: It it has a lot of really fascinating lore. Like I said, like I really like the kind of grounded almost approach that they took mm-hmm. to it. And um I I also just think like Big Daddies are some of my favorite like video game enemies to fight. Like the, the fights with them are always super engaging, super interesting. And they're also, for the most part, unless you find like one of the uh, aggressive ones by themselves, they're like entirely optional. So you know you can kind of like set up traps, or like point out a strategy before you go and face them. And it's always just like a super engaging like mini boss fight. But also, right. like the lore behind them is super fascinating as well. I really enjoy the opportunity to just kind of like dive headfirst into it. Maybe pun intended in this case. (laughs) Good one. But I also just want to thank you all for listening. If you got to this part of the podcast, thank you so much for just listening to us uh, every week.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know if I count, but I've already started downloading the first game. (laughs) Oh, man. um, You convinced me. You got to tell me how it is, man. Tell me how you like it.
1: I'm in the same boat in that I really want to go through these, through and play these <laughs> games again. I've played them before, and I really want to
0: play them again.
1: It's a freaking trip.
0: Yeah, and it's so cool how they're like on Switch, man. Or mm-hmm. I, I guess if you're lucky enough for a Steam Deck, you can play them there too. True. You know, but it's just pretty cool to be able to play like this childhood game in the palm of my hand, man. It's so <laughs> nice. <nuts. laughs> the power of a game in the palm of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, once again, thank you all for listening. And if you could do us a, a big favor, drop us a rating. You know, a crispy five stars would be pretty Ooh, great. Would definitely make my day. <laughs> um, also, if you have any friends that are super into Bioshock, any of its games, or are just curious about the lore, or even like pretty into that like steampunk underwater kind of atmosphere, this might be an interesting game series for them to explore and. This uh, podcast could be a pretty good introduction. So let them know. But other than that, if uh, you have any comments or any recommendations for us to cover, you can check us out on Twitter at VanquishersPod and also check us out on TikTok. We have some pretty good content over there as well. If you say so. Oh, um. <laughs> man. But we will also catch you next week with another super exciting monster.